Hello, and welcome back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about video games and books with a consistent knocking of other pop culture. I'm Doug. I'm Katie, and it's a book club episode. Knock, knock, knock. Knock, 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 knock. Just like ship. a light knocking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to find out, if you don't know already, why we keep talking about knocking. Uh, because <laughs> we read a book where knocking plays uh, a big part. And that book is 2023's The Scourge Between Stars, which is the debut novel by Ness Brown. This book uh, takes us onto a spaceship that may or may not have some uninvited and intrusive guests who knock. Uh, but before we open that door, uh, let's check in on what we've been playing, watching, or thinking about lately. So, Doug, mm-hmm. what you been playing? I, in addition to some new Mario Kart tracks... I've been playing a game called Faerun or Faerun, Faerun. There's no voice acting. I don't know how to say it. (laughs) Faerun, Faerun, I don't know. Um, I've been playing that. There is a uh, a collection of three, I guess maybe technically four uh, Faerun games. uh, And I think I must have seen them on sale. It was the very first thing I ever added to my Switch wish list. Holy uh, shit. I don't remember adding it, but every once in a while, I'll go to my wish list and see if anything's on sale. And that was recently. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to honor my my <laughs> my Former very first ever uh, wish list item and, and snag this. Wow. Uh, and no regrets. It It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, what type of game? It sounds kind of like an RPG name. Yeah. But what is it? It's kind of an RPG game, a little bit. Ah. Um, It is like a retro, like very retro inspired action RPG. So like old school, Mm. old school, old school Zelda. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first one took me like five hours and I was playing pretty slow. Oh, nice. Uh, So at least the first one is is nice and bite sized. Uh, The second one seems to maybe be a little bit longer, but probably not by that much. Um, And it's like a really sort of low uh complexity action rpg like you have a sword but you don't even input to swing it you just run into enemies when you're strong enough to kill them um, so you you just navigate That's the wild. world yeah you navigate the world uh you try to get stronger by running into the monsters that you can <laughs> that you can handle yeah. uh, and look for sort of clues openings uh weird little inconsistencies on the map that might be uh a hint as to where you're supposed to go uh, and it's kind of like doing almost like a, a big old school zelda dungeon and that's hmm. like the whole game is there any sort of like plot kind of like a very I would say even the story feels very inspired by old games where it's like, mm, uh, collect these items in order to like free the fairy, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's it's intriguing enough that I feel like they kind of nailed that early 
sort of really simple story and could continue building games if they wanted to Mm -hmm. uh kind of building up into more complex things based on their own initially simply established lore i don't know if they're ever going to do that though because the developer which is god i want to say skidmore but it's not i think it's skipmore maybe Mm -hmm. um just does basically like pixel uh kind of old retro games do you know the game kamiko or kamiko you ever no. checked that out? That was done by them. And there's another one that I want to say just came out called something like Picto Tour or something like that. Hmm. Um, but they're all, all all the games they, they make that are available on Switch, at least, are all kind of these retro style, either action RPGs or like Metroid style games. That sounds really cool. And like really nice to have kind of like a simple solid short game yeah i was really happy with it because i've been playing uh breath of the wild and Mm -hmm. i needed something short to sort of like take a break Mm -hmm. but it kind of ended up being perfect because it was still kind of in the same vibe uh Mm -hmm. it was almost like you know sometimes games will have a game inside the game and it's like a little mini game oh, that's yeah. an homage to the genre. That's yeah. what this felt like. Aw. That's yeah. so nice. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah, to check so. these out. I, I I liked it. Do you think you'll play all of the games in the collection? I think so. I mean, the first Hell one yeah. was short enough that I just kind of immediately started the second one. I don't know if I'll run right through it because... They're pretty quick, and I wouldn't yeah. mind making it last a little longer. Yeah. Um, and they're all in a collection together, so might as well, you know? Yeah. Nice. The game I was trying to think of is called Pick and Pick on Tier. Pick and Tier. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I have never heard of any of these games, so this is like an exciting thing. Yeah. It's cool. They kind of use... They use monsters across these games, even though the stories aren't connected. And I just think Mm. that's neat. Smart. (laughs) Work smarter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like creating this sort of like almost uh, like fun lore across their games for people who kind (laughs) of stick with them, I guess, you know? Yeah. Makes me want to play the other ones even more. Yeah. (laughs) What have you been playing? Yeah, well, I tried to do a similar thing because I'm still playing Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me play a different game to like mix it up. One that's shorter, which isn't hard because Tears of the Kingdom, you can put literally, you know, dozens of hours into a playthrough, <laughs> no problem. Most uh, games are probably shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But And I chose a, a game that is on the you know, Nintendo Switch Game Boy Advance stuff. So I started playing uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which is an RPG, like a turn-based RPG that has some fun elements to it, like, you know, hitting the A button at the right time when you attack so you can deal extra damage or hitting the A button or the B button at the right time when they're attacking you so you can dodge or hurt them instead. So it's got things that make the turn-based like more active and engaged, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny game. Like the 
the jokes in there are like pretty solid and silly. Like the opening scene, there's like a fart joke, uh, <laughs> which is fun. Um, and everybody is always like dogging on Lu- poor Luigi. You know, it's Mario and the green one. <laughs> so there's a lot of like really funny things in it. But it is not as short as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I started playing it because I'm like, oh, Game Boy Advance game, yeah. right? Those are going to be shorter, you know, so you can sit, play a little bit, whatever. Uh, I Googled the like how long to beat and it's like 18 hours, which is not <laughs> what I was expecting. <laughs> it's so, like not as long as most games you would think of when you think of like starting an RPG, but much longer than I would have expected expected a mario based rpg on game boy advance (laughs) yes exactly i like didn't check beforehand because i was just like it's a game boy advance game it's a mario game (laughs) i'm thinking 10 hours but no like according to the internet it is it is longer than that um unfortunately well i mean it's fun so i'm i'm having fun as i play yeah uh but, you know, 18 hours is not the, like, <laughs> 8 to 10 I thought it was going to be. Plans change, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is really fun. And it, like, holds up pretty well. It's That's cool. Good. Have you ever played any of those, like, Mario? Or, I know we talked about Super Mario RPG, I think, on the last episode. And you mm-hmm. had not yet played it. Have you played any of the Mario RPG titles? Um, I have played some of Mario RPG. I've never finished it, um, oh, yes, but I have yes, played yes. some of it. Um, and that one has some of those uh, like timing-based mm-hmm. advantages and, and stuff too, right? Yes. It's like the most satisfying thing, especially because there are so many games as a kid that I would build that habit out of nowhere anyway uh, for <laughs> no reward whatsoever. Pokemon being one of the greatest... Yep. Uh, examples um and so a game that actually does reward you for doing that shit love it sweet sweet justice for all of us making up rules and spreading rumors about if you hit a uh every pokeball (laughs) basically becomes a master ball if you time it just right right. right. exactly (laughs) but i haven't played any beyond that one like i haven't played any of the mario and luigi ones um and i haven't played any of the paper mario ones either yeah yeah, this is my first Mario and Luigi one. I think I've dabbled in some of the Paper Mario, but never deep enough. So I'm I'm excited to like explore this side of Mario and Luigi. <laughs> the RPG side. <laughs> exactly. Get to know them a little better. That's where like most of the like their humor ends up is is in those series, right? Cuz there's not really a ton of dialogue in other Mario games. I guess I guess, like, starting with Galaxy, there was a bit more dialogue, but even that doesn't have that much. Does Odyssey have much dialogue happening? I don't remember a ton. Um, I mean, there's some, because there's, like, I'm pretty sure cutscenes and everything, mm. but not, not. I mean, it's not as dialogue heavy, I think, as the RPGs. Yeah. The RPGs is where, where it shines. They're comedic yeah. chops. Exactly. And they're pretty funny. So I'm excited to keep playing for another, you know, 15 hours. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Well, what about watching stuff? Are you watching anything good? Yeah, I watched uh, there's a new Superman show. 
Uh, oh, it is called. I've heard. Yeah, but I have not watched. Yeah, my adventures with Superman. I think is what it's called. Um, or my adventure with Superman. I think it's my adventures with Superman, and uh, it's on HBO, so you can stream it on Max. Um, oh. And it is like an anime inspired Superman show. Oh, so hell yeah. it's a little bit like. I don't know. It, I, I'm curious. I'm not curious enough to actually look because I'm I'm not interested in discourse. But I'm like curious to see how people who are re- like how people who love Superman so much are like reacting to it. And I use that voice specifically for like the hardcore gatekeepy fans. You know what I mean? Because um, yeah. I know people who love Superman who are like stoked for this show. Um, Hell yeah! But it's just cool like ones. it's so the cool ones. Yeah, it's so lighthearted and it's so um, nice. Like. I feel like it's been so long since we've gotten a sort of like Boy Scout-ish sort of like wholesome Superman. Thanks, Zack Snyder. Uh, So it's like nice to get one again. (laughs) I grew up with the 90s cartoon where he was like such a nice guy, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's exciting. he's a nice guy in this. I like it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I love, I like love a good Superman hit every once in a while, you know? I did... Mm -hmm. I, that cartoon, I watched a bit of Smallville. Uh, oh, yeah. I did not see the new gritty Superman movies. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I had my Superman action figures. Yeah, I uh, I like a, a hit of Superman every once in a while, too, especially when it's light and airy. Yeah. <laughs> so I recommend nice. it. I mean, I think there's like two episodes out so far, and I, I liked them both. Nice. And he he gets like a magical girl transformation sequence in the first episode. So what's (laughs) not to love? That is the reason I know that there is a new Superman show is because somebody said that (laughs) online. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm a little intrigued. Yeah. And now I'm more intrigued after hearing you talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out. Uh, (laughs) But if not Superman, what are you watching? Yeah. So I've been like traveling around a bit. So I haven't gotten to really tuck into anything new so i'm still doing my rupaul's drag mm-hmm. race watch uh i have also been watching she's a streamer but i only watch her like on demand youtube videos or her oh, video sure. essays her name is uh, jenna steber uh hmm. i think her name is generally like the underscore jenna on platforms okay. And I found out about her because she used to work at Polygon and I really liked her video essays that she did for Polygon. And then I think like Polygon laid off a bunch of people and she was one of them. Mm. And so then she kind of struck out on her own and she makes video essays about video games, but also like horror movies, which I don't. I'm like really trying to get into horror because basically you doug (laughs) uh uh, because i feel like it'd be fun to watch horror movies with you so i'm like trying to dip my toes and things so she talks about horror movies but she also talks about horror video games and plays horror video games yeah so i have been watching her play this game called the expedition or excavation or something like that of hobbs barrow oh what is that yeah, so it's a point-and-click uh, adventure game, which I have not played a lot of, but watching her play it really makes me want to play it. But I think I'm going to watch her play the whole thing, so then I don't actually have to play it, because uh, then I'll know exactly <laughs> what to do and what happens. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, that's one of the things about watching people stream stuff. But yeah, 
it's this game where this like woman it's like in olden times so like it's a big deal that she's like wearing pants after she changes when she gets to this place a new Um, frock (laughs) exactly exactly but she is investigating this place and she is like trying to uncover and like find old stuff like pots and things like that's her job she's (laughs) she's writing this book and wants to find all these old things and uh just like there's just something off, you know, like the townsfolk <laughs> don't want to talk to her about the place. Yeah. Uh, there's like a little bit of eerie stuff, supernatural stuff going on. And every once in a while, there's just like it's all pixel. Uh, but there's like really intense like close-ups of people's faces and it's actually quite I disgusting love <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love when a game that's like very pixely will do like a really detailed close-up it's <laughs> yeah. just so fun yeah so it's been really fun watching her play it. it's not a i don't think it's a super scary game like there are some ooh. Uh, startling or creepy (laughs) moments but it's like also fun watching her play it because i am not doing it by myself in a room i am watching her do it by herself in a room um while interacting you know with the people in her chat or whatever so it's been fun i I don't yeah i don't watch a ton of uh like live streams Mm -hmm. but um i'm always catching up on the video on demand and i think i'm gonna start watching more her stuff she does a lot of she has a lot of horror so i don't know if i'll do everything but she doesn't do all horror so yeah uh it's been fun i'm not mad at the like micro dosing horror content you know (laughs) like maybe maybe with a bit of uh dabbling here and there you know, eventually we can watch something together that's a little beyond what you would normally want to watch. Yeah. Full episode yeah. of Dragula or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, though, th- like I've I've been doing this with my tolerance for like spicy foods over the past yeah. like <laughs> yeah. year or two. And I've gotten to a place where I can eat hot now. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe if I start doing this with horror, I can tolerate more in like a year from now. So I did it. I'm yeah, I'm dabbling. I did it kind of extremely which i wouldn't recommend but I'm, yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do what you did as a child and like just do nothing but horror just like terrorize uh, myself at night yeah yeah there was always a horror fan inside of me just waiting clearly yeah yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah that's what i've been watching that's awesome that's really cool yeah. i made a note yeah. so i could check out some of her stuff I'm always yeah. looking for some stuff to watch. I end up just watching like the same Drawfee videos over and over or like rewatching Trixie Mattel videos. So mm-hmm. <laughs> diversifying my YouTube uh, consumption or, you know, Twitch consumption, wherever you're watching it yeah. um, wouldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about thinking about stuff? Any things you are uh, thinking about? I don't know. Not that much. I mean, speaking of Dragula... I will say this, you know, mm. I uh, there are rumors going around about the cast that may be filming right now because, you know, some drag queens, kings and things may have gone missing from social media ah. or performance schedules. Uh, and uh, if, if the rumors are correct, heavier on the kings and things than they've ever <gasps> been before. So Fuck pretty excited yeah. about that prospect. Uh. <laughs> Gosh, I need to... How long in between when they finish filming to when they air? I think Dragula starts airing in October. I think they take advantage uh, of, of spooky season. Yeah. 
I don't think it'll be ready by then, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a feeling you'll be interested in some of the, yeah, some of the artists and performers. I'm definitely going to hear about so. it and yeah, look things yeah. up and talk to you about it. <laughs> so I'm excited about that, even if it's just in the rumor phase. Yeah. What about you? Are you thinking about anything? Uh, Nope. Not really. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Not at all. Besides this book. <laughs> whoa aliens horror yeah. yeah i know this was like i mean we'll get into it more but this is part of me microdosing horror yeah. uh, <laughs> even though i don't know if i'd call it i mean i guess it I is horror, it's pretty spooky. But it's, i don't know it felt like thriller more to me than horror maybe Fair. i just don't know but <laughs> we're we're already talking a little bit about it so just as a reminder uh we are talking about 2023's the scourge that word i know every time i say it i'm like is that right the scourge between stars yeah uh by ness brown <laughs> that's right so wild <laughs> how did every you time find I this second book guess, which the title of is giving yeah, you so much stress the title really called to me <laughs> Really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found this book actually through Polygon, which is a, a kind of pop culture gaming website, sci-fi, mm. nerdy stuff website. And they had an article a couple weeks back that was like, the best sci-fi books that Book Talk got me to read or something along those oh, lines. Oh, yeah. And the first book in that list uh, was The Scourge Between Stars. So I read a very quick, you know, the like paragraph on it in that article mm -hmm. and looked it up to see if it was something I'd be able to get in a reasonable amount of time. Because, I mean, it came out uh, this year. So that's like a sometimes new books are tougher to get. And I was able to get it. It involved aliens, and yeah. the last book I had involved aliens, but it was like kind of alien, I'm a human, and these yeah. were aliens, I'm a motherfucking alien, yeah. and so <laughs> I was excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you picked it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm interested if you have a sentence ready to like explain this book. Kind of. I have like a, a little book recipe, uh, mm. I would say. It is like uh, uh, Star... It's like light light bit of Star Trek, a bit more Battlestar Galactica meets heavy dose of Aliens, uh, <laughs> like the, the movie franchise Aliens, mm -hmm. with like a dash of uh, men are still fucking things up even in the deep future. <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking... <laughs> Uh, gosh yes <laughs> that's my recipe that represents that's a good the book, recipe. <laughs> what about you do you have a description mine is more like a question you know mm -hmm. that that this book answers what if we took the alien movies we made more aliens and we <laughs> made more people get involved yeah what would happen then yeah <laughs> Uh, and that's what I feel like the the question this book answers. Yeah. What if you multiplied everyone by a lot? <laughs> what if we heightened everything? <laughs> the stakes go way up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before we start talking about 
the book, um, especially if those sentences of what we've said so far has kind of uh, whetted your appetite. If you hear mm. that knocking and you want to open that door, oh, boy. Um, stop this and go read it because this is a this is a short book you can read it fairly quickly and then come back and finish the rest uh, of this episode and i would i would recommend doing that um yeah because yeah yeah i would too it is it's a pretty quick read and and if you're in in, if you're into it it goes by real quick because it's kind of a page turner um i like that last time we did a book club we also talked like a little bit of like here's some things that if this type of stuff isn't for you you know just a Mm -hmm. heads up there's like a couple pretty graphic violent scenes or at least descriptions of the aftermath of violence in this one so uh, a heads up going in if that's something that you want to know about yeah, there's definitely violence, both in terms of alien human violence, but also human human mm-hmm. violence. Uh, yeah. And a character does uh, die by suicide in this as well. It doesn't happen within the book, but it is talked yeah, it's about. Referenced. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. know those things going into it. Know that we are going to spoil this book when we talk about it. Um, though, you know, there's a chance you might guess about how things play out, but maybe not fully. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those books where, like, I don't think it's really set out to be a huge mystery. Like, I don't think there's, like, yeah. a bomb dropped on you at any point. But it is a thriller. It's suspenseful. You know what I mean? Yes. So there's definitely things that you're wondering about along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that, you know, pause now or keep listening because we're going to start kind (laughs) of getting into it. Let's do it. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was so interesting about this book, which it's been a minute since I watched the alien movies. So this could be the case, too. But the characters Mm -hmm. that we meet have never they're human beings like whose descendants are from Earth. They Mm -hmm. have never been on Earth I don't, that was cool to me. Um, yeah. That was something that like, I mean, in like Battlestar Galactica, that's a thing. But that's like, yeah. aliens aren't really an element in Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to have this, like, here's this fleet of ships that are deteriorating and kind of in really shitty shape. Mm-hmm. And here are people living on it who had no choice as to whether or not they wanted to be on this ship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, this involves aliens, but they hadn't made contact with aliens ever until this yeah. story. So like, these are just humans who have never been on Earth, or in in a lot of their cases, if not the whole ship have never lived on a planet, right? Like our main character right. has never lived on a planet at all. She has only ever lived on this ship, which is wild. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's a good and point. And it's all dire. Yeah, because there was a, a point in time where they lived on this, where humans lived on this planet called Proxima B, but it mm-hmm. was way too harsh. Uh, and uh, I, we said, spoiler alert, there were aliens on there who were like super <laughs> predators, um, but they didn't know those aliens were there. Yeah. Um, and so they like left because of the harsh like weather and climate of the planet. And so I don't think are any of the people alive on that ship were they? I, I guess maybe her dad was right. 
I don't know. I don't remember specifically like how many generations out they were from being planet side. I also don't really know how old anyone is, I don't think. So yeah. I'm not really sure. I think it's possible that she's just like one generation removed from being planet side. But I think it's also Actually, totally believable if they yeah. were all. I feel like there's something about there sure. being a hundred years of like incubation. So oh. I think maybe nobody on the ship was alive on a planet. They're all and, like. And they everything's gone wrong by the time the book starts. Right. So like they're not even making time the way they anticipated so they've been in space longer mm. i think mm-hmm. than they even anticipated yeah so like on top of their planned sort of stasis or whatever or incubation there's time on top of that so yeah, yeah. I, I bet you no one on this ship uh has ever been planet side at all yeah. which is fucking what wild a fucking life yeah and wild. for the ship this stresses me out the fact that the ship <laughs> is like this 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 book did such a good job of making this like a fear like if you didn't mm-hmm. already have it but mm-hmm. like the fact that the ship is seems so fragile and seems so yeah. ready to break down or ready to just like be fucked you know yep. um and yeah. there's a point in the book where they fully let you believe that they are just fucked moving forward i just was like i don't feel like i've ever had this fear before and now i feel like i have this fear <laughs> of being like yeah. stranded on a dead ship in space <laughs> the book would have been scary enough without the aliens because <laughs> right. of how much the ships were just pieces of shit they're like driving yeah. lemons basically in space yeah. at this point Through and space. they don't, yeah they don't have the materials to like repair things so they're just like we don't use that part of the ship anymore yeah and it's like what the fuck it's wild and I, I don't feel like we got that like there was a a sense of direness on battlestar galactica but it, i don't think it was that it was more like the all of us are gonna die because we don't have enough resources mm-hmm. not like all of us are gonna die because the ships are just gonna suddenly no longer be functional yeah. like i don't know it just felt like a very different specific thing and and again credit to the the author they really like i i feel like really nailed that particular yeah. uh horror uh yeah. in this in this book these ships right we they're mm-hmm. obviously not great and then they're experiencing Mm-mm. these what do they call them engagements or something yeah. engagements um, yeah that further damage the ship and they don't know what is causing uh. these things and because the ship is in the ships are in terrible shape the like leadership of the ships have to make decisions when an engagement happens and an area is damaged can we salvage and save that part of the ship including the people along with it or do we have to close it off and kill hundreds of our own people and there's a moment in this book where our main character Jacqueline Jack has to make Mm -hmm. that decision in like and at the pace I was reading was probably the pace they had to fucking make that decision because I was like (laughs) oh my god what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck and it was like made in a split second um, because that's all the time you had to make that decision because of space Uh, and oh my gosh I was so stressed (laughs) 
I, yeah, and I, I, you know, as stressful as those situations are, though, like when they're done really well, I love them. Like I said, this gave yeah. me Battlestar Galactica vibes because I also remember a moment in the Battlestar Galactica series where, like, uh, the president who was like several degrees removed from actually being president through was succession, like the education person, right, like twentieth right. down the line ends up having to make these like horrible decisions like against even her own like morals like personal yeah. morals uh for like the betterment of humanity and i feel like that's kind of like these decisions that jack uh a reluctant captain uh not even the actual intended captain uh has to make it's like amputating a part of your body without knowing for sure if it could be healed you know like yeah. that's how the ship is operating as like an organism yeah a part of your body that has cells that you super love within it and yeah. you know are part of your <laughs> exactly. community. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Rough, C- rough uh, stuff. You mentioned unreluct- or a reluctant captain. Mm-hmm. Can we? F- do you want to talk about her fucking dad now or do you want to talk later about her stupid Honestly, ass father? I don't, we could talk about it. I mean, on the cover of the book, it says don't open the door and this becomes... Uh, sort of a warning throughout the book and it it had me wondering several times like what door could they be referring to right so knowing that her father was potentially um sort of secluded voluntarily withdrawn in his quarters locked everybody out uh, shut out the whole world um i figured that it would ultimately be something to do with his quarters because she kept talking about at some point we got to get in there and then they make the Mm -hmm. decision to force their way in there and i was like the door is going to be his fucking place and it's not the way that i thought but there is a part of me that's like i kind of wish you hadn't opened that door (laughs) because all all he did was hurt you uh so much more (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah, I had a similar experience where I was just like, something's in his room, he is dead. And there is now some sort of alien in his room that is like using that as their like mainstay. So Mm -hmm. don't open that. So like, I'm going to introduce a couple characters really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So there is uh, like data officer robot builder slash disgusting man named otto who creates a droid named watson who gets upgraded to like be able to get messages from space so from Mm -hmm. the other ships in the fleet but also from other entities other beings other conscious whatevers out in space and starts doing this like whale song thing and interprets <laughs> this whale song thing it. yeah yeah literally uh it like the message from that whale song is like hey something's up and then they get these distorted like warnings from other ships in the fleet that ha- they had not heard from um because communications also fucked and so it could it be something's wrong or could it be just mm-hmm. communications fucked and these messages it's like broken up but one part is clear and it's like don't open the door <laughs> something's don't the bad door. don't open the door don't do uh, it. and the first door that we come across that is closed is the dad's door is noah mm-hmm. the fucking captain of the ship and so i was like something bad happened in there and if you open that door it is gonna come out and kill everybody mm-hmm. um which isn't exactly what happened something bad happened in there but it's the dad the dad is what's bad the dad uh, is bad. bad dad yeah bad, bad dad bad bad dad <laughs> oh fucking hell that was yeah. like i was not expecting him to be alive 
I was also not expecting him to like know what was happening and lock himself in there so that he could use the centauri which are the alien kind of species Mm -hmm. that are running about the ship to kill people because he he was like we don't have enough resources to make it back with this many people so let's just let these aliens these perfect beings uh, which was weird and creepy when he was like look at how perfect they are you know Uh, i just we're talking about her dad but i feel like we also have to talk about her mom in this because i just was like uh, so mad because we we learn early on that her mom you reference a character that dies by suicide it's her mom mm-hmm. um and we don't really know all that much about it we get like bits and pieces leading up to where we learn basically everything and it turns out that her mom quote started a cult based on the idea that there were monsters among them um mm-hmm. and no one believed her they wrote her off mm-hmm. as this hysterical woman like she's gone crazy no one take her seriously and when we get to this point where the dad is describing oh they're perfect beings like oh she was right but wrong about one thing they weren't dangerous i was like this woman like what a classic tale like she Uh knew what was up and everybody wrote Uh her off as as fucking crazy old tegan you know Uh when like they should have just listened to her she knew what the fuck was up she was the only one (laughs) yep yeah and it made me so mad (laughs) yeah yeah and then when he he like alluded to or something like because she was talking to people on other ships to be like is your what are your supplies looking like because i'm seeing this and it shouldn't be happening so that means like something is up and Mm -hmm. didn't he like say either he fucked with communication or when communication broke down he was like well we're just not gonna fix that right now Um, oh i don't remember specifically but i I feel like something like that happened where he like intentionally kind of isolated or prevented her from being able to connect with the people on the other ships so that way more people wouldn't know so he could Mm -hmm. do this sick ass horrible plan yeah Uh, yeah so mad so mad i thought it was gonna be you know I, i i also thought his door was the door that they were referring to and i thought something was going to be going on there i thought it was going to be more of like a body snatchers or transformation type Mm -hmm. thing where you know that's what was behind there not just literally him a human being you know just deciding for the entire ship uh to to just uh, you know systematically yeah systematically wipe out portions of the population like geez (laughs) yep yeah one thing I super appreciated, so you mentioned the author, um, Ness Brown, did a really good job of like painting the ship as a, a place that was like falling apart and that's yeah. stressful and all that. I feel like they also did a really good job of like introducing little nuggets about Jack's family and I was like what does that mean or just in general about like Watson and how people were treating Watson I was like what what is happening here and then Mm -hmm. slowly revealing and like confirming your suspicions right I don't know they like did such a good job I mean I I wouldn't have minded if there was like some longer bits of like yeah knowing stuff because it is like a very quick read but in the amount of time the amount of information and how they like parsed it out was really good because i it it was it was a page turner i wanted to read to be like am i reading this right is this what's actually happening um and i did such a good job 
Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, this book is 150 pages, I think. And Ness Brown does like the amount of suspense that they pack into 150 pages feels like a 300 page book. Like there's so much more suspense in this book than you would expect in the time allotted because they're so crafty about dropping little hints along the way. I, I think Watson is also a perfect example because you know that there is something about Watson that makes Jack uncomfortable. You don't mm-hmm. know immediately is Jack just prejudiced against like artificial intelligence or androids or whatever which in sci-fi is like not a weird thing to explore then you learn a little bit more and you're like well maybe not maybe something's off then you learn a little bit more and it sort of like loops auto in this character that you aren't initially suspicious of but very quickly based on these clues start raising an eyebrow towards you know like it's just such a good such a good build I didn't trust Otto immediately because Watson (laughs) they like they were like watson like looked at otto and i was like why is watson looking at otto i was like what the fuck's happening and then Mm, like otto let some other soldiers or engineers or whatever like repair watson and i and then they like said something oh why would you put boobs on a droid you weird sickos right like by that point i was like oh it's fucking confirmed he is a disgusting human being i by that point, absolutely. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the moment that Jack realizes what's going on that I realize Otto sucked. I mean, yeah. like Otto is just introduced as like a mechanic at first, basically. Like yeah. where where um, Jack is sort of like, don't call him a doctor. He's just like a mechanic guy, right? Um, yeah. But it's pretty quick that you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about this guy. Yeah. Especially because because Jack makes it so clear that Otto is doing things with Watson. Uh, well, he's doing things with Watson, which is a whole separate thing, but like mm-hmm. um, doing things with Watson as a robot and how he's like developing technology. it. Yeah, technologically. Yes, thank you. Um, that are different and sort of outside the norm and potentially, if not confirmed, like outside regulation uh, for how androids are, are allowed to be built and the permissions they're allowed to have within the ship. Like, it's established pretty quickly that Otto is breaking rules with regards to how he is developing Watson. Yeah, because I think... And then it gets so like, much more fucked beyond breaking rules. Yeah, because Watson isn't supposed to, like... Watson is supposed to, I think, be able to respond and have like basic kind of ai but yeah it's supposed to be like a service droid kind of yeah but i feel like fairly quickly watson is like behaving in ways that it's like you're conscious aren't you Mm -hmm. like which makes everything so much more fucked up yes like otto gives watson consciousness which makes all the things that Otto and potentially other people are doing to Watson uh, so much worse. I mean, it already would have been bad, but it would have, I guess, been done to uh, like equipment versus like an actual conscious person, you know? Right. It's really fucked. Yeah. Super fucked. I was with Watson. Uh, Uh Great news, everybody. Otto gets fucking killed and Watson's like, I don't feel bad. And I was like, me either. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Watson's uh, an amazing part of this book. Such a cool character. Watson is its own sort of horror story, both for Jack, um, but also for Watson. Like, Watson is going through their own horror story uh, and journey uh, that that has a full... Like, it has its own, like, 
exposition rise conflict and resolution yeah. like it, but mm-hmm. also there's those little moments where it's like yeah watson doesn't care that otto got killed and we're like yeah fuck yeah like fuck otto but at the same time that's a moment <laughs> where jack is like wait a sec like what you're not you shouldn't even be able to not care because you aren't supposed to be conscious and have empathy or be able to ignore empathy which at the at, at that point in the book like right. i'm i'm with watson but at the same time like again the author is so good at this like makes a point to have our yeah. protagonist be just a little bit suspicious just in case the story went in a weird way where there was a, a, a dark yeah. twist to watson you know yeah yeah i really feel like i enjoyed jack's and Watson's mm-hmm. relationship and Jack. I mean, Jack is who we experience yeah. the story through. So we get the thoughts and the feelings. And so it was really cool to like hear Jack think about Watson and how that thinking changed throughout the course of the like short, you know, story that we were experiencing. I mean, it didn't, this escalated quickly and wrapped up quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I feel like hearing Jack go from very much, I don't want to be around Watson. I don't want to talk to Watson. Okay, I guess I have to have Watson up here because I don't trust Watson Mm -hmm. to be anywhere else. To like by the end being like, I can't remember if this actually happens. Holding Watson as like Watson, you know fizzles they hold each other at points like i would argue there's a point at which it doesn't just go from like you know i've gotten to trust watson i feel like there are points in the book where it's like maybe watson is the only thing i can trust right now in this sort of like high stress moment like it it ends up being this full thing where it's like i was uncomfortable with you at first but now i need you more than i need anybody else in the moment you know like and watson like yeah sacrifices itself or attempts to sacrifice itself for jack Multiple like times it's 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 yeah. such a good story <laughs> like this could have been a whole book told yeah. from watson's perspective and it still would have worked you know what i mean oh, that'd be cool yeah yeah i a question about sure. watson so like so jack has a sister named kimberly mm-hmm. who i'm who is dead uh pre the book starting and had something happen where they had a faceplate and Watson has the same faceplate so does Watson have like was Kimberly did you get to feel for does Watson look like Kimberly the impression, or like yeah the impression I got is that Watson looks Watson ha- essentially has Kimberly's face and they do say at one point that Otto specifically gave Watson artificial skin that is the same color as Jack's skin, which is explicitly mm. darker than Otto's skin. So it's like it was a conscious choice to make Watson and seemingly maybe increasingly Kimberly. so over time had Otto not been killed. Yeah. Basically make an Android version of Kimberly, uh, which is so that fucked may- up. Yeah. Yeah. That like adds mo- another fucked up layer to Otto and what he was doing yeah and to like jack's whole relationship with watson and watson's relationship to itself because jack Mm -hmm. has to be around watson who looks Mm -hmm. like her dead sister and then watson it's made explicitly clear that watson does not want humanity right like watson is cool with being conscious watson likes what it is able to do but it is uncomfortable with the idea of 
being made to be like human, whether it's specifically because of how Otto and others treat it or things that they do to it, or just, you know, I always think about the Monk and Robot series now when it comes to like um, yeah. applying uh, human standards to androids, robots, etc. Um, and I was yeah. thinking about it here too. And it was so clear that Watson was like, this is not a choice I made for myself. I do not want this. <laughs> yeah. So messed up. Watson did not choose yeah. to be Kimberly. Watson did not choose to be anything other than like a helpful robot. <laughs> yeah. Super fucking helpful. Yeah. Because like Watson has, you know, the ability to be able to t- detect the Centauri throughout the ship. Yeah. And also the ability to fucking do that whale speak <laughs> and do stuff. Uh, Watson is so cool. Do you want to hear a theory of mine that I don't think is confirmed at all in the book, but I can't stop thinking about it? I would love to. Yes. Okay. So there are multiple points in this book where Jack wonders if the Centauri, which are the aliens terrorizing the ship, are an intelligent species or not. Like if they are just animalistic and and sort of act on impulse or if they are actually like an intelligent species they just don't know how to communicate with. I Mm -hmm. want to believe that they are in some capacity intelligent and that Watson Mm -hmm. actually is able to somehow not just detect them, but detect communication among them in some way, shape, or form. Because Watson Mm -hmm. names them. Watson refers to them as Centauri, which is something they'd never been referred to before because nobody knew what they were. And Jack mm-hmm. even makes a point to say, like, interesting that it called them that. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. is it calling them what they call themselves? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I although felt I guess like humans they were might have named that. I don't know. I yeah, I can't remember, but I do feel like the Centauri are intelligent because some of degree, how they acted and reacted when like one of them got killed or hurt mm-hmm. right like they would pull each other's bodies around and yeah. pull each other back and pull That's up right. into you know like the vents or whatever so i feel like there is a level of intelligence there yeah. that speaks to more than just like you know yeah maybe intelligent on. isn't the right word because like cats are intelligent and they take care of each other yeah. but like what is it sentient is that the the right word sort of like self um Self, like self, self-awareness self i don't know i don't know have language yeah i don't know i don't know how who knows it's all weird all those metrics are defined yeah. by humans so none of them technically right mean anything yeah <laughs> yeah orca are clearly intelligent uh self-aware organized yeah. society based yeah. <laughs> creatures <laughs> yeah they are here for it but I, I all that to say i think there's something more that watson is aware of with regard to the yeah. centauri that they weren't even necessary like that it wasn't necessarily sharing because it didn't matter they were a threat and they were killing people on the ship right um, right i feel like there's something more watson knows about the centauri that it did not feel the need to share <laughs> yeah with the centauri like in the beginning um whenever jack starts hearing that knocking mm-hmm. uh i really appreciated jack's like trying to uh, kind of explain away or use logic to be like that's not a weird thing that's probably just debris that's probably just debris yeah it's like in you know in those situations where you're like something's off but i'm just gonna try to like tell myself something so i don't get scared (laughs) 
it's fine. Everybody's fine. I was like, oh, that is like so relatable. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. Just debris. It's funny because that's like literally we referenced me like getting over being scared of horror movies. That's like literally what I would do is I would be like, oh, that noise can't be anything. That light can't be anything. And this book yeah. is like, no, fuck that. It's something. Get scared. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking knocking. It's something. Right. <laughs> You can't explain this away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. And and you know, this book also because the author doesn't give like because they dole out information in these bite-sized pieces to build suspense, you don't really know immediately if what Jack is hearing is even literal knocking necessarily because other people aren't necessarily witnessing it and you know that the ship has this run-down quality and a history of sort of driving people beyond sort of their normal behavior because they're lost in space, you know? So yeah. um, you're sort of like, yeah, it's. Pr- I mean, I guess it's probably aliens, but also like, what if, what if Jack is just hearing things, you know? Yeah, totally possible. Uh, but not the reality. But in not this the book. reality, which I love <laughs> so much more. Yeah. I also really liked at the end after, well, the way, okay, so the Centauri, I think, have basically killed all the other people on all the other ships and, um, or most, if not all, I don't know for sure, but I love how like into action into the offensive on the hunt this crew gets. They literally and, call I mean, it a hunt, don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love, like, they didn't know anything going Mm. into it. All they knew was, like, something with, like, these fucking claws that the whatever material teeth and nails are made of don't Mm -hmm. match our teeth and nails uh, on this, like, body that we found. So we have something in here. And the store, like, the stores of food anomaly, that, that is not and a not like that's not an accident something yeah. has been eating our like stores of food and materials and so they're like we don't know what but let's get fucking suited up let's take our guns that we've never touched never no used ever touched this which i love that yeah um, but also terrifying and <laughs> yes yeah i know right what a time to not have anybody know how to use a gun right when jack is like oh, i got a 10 minute orientation on using a gun it's like oh uh-huh. god <laughs> yeah so, like, I loved that they did that. And they were, I mean, most of them died, but they were fairly effective in taking some of them out. Yeah. And then the scene where Jack, like, I was imagining, like, kind of the twister scene where they use a fucking belt buckle to, like, <laughs> get themselves to a pole that doesn't get uh-huh. swept up. And it was kind of like that in space. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the centauri gets sucked out after jack shoots the like window so fucking cool and then okay and then the centauri expel fucking gas from their bodies or whatever to make their way back towards the fucking ship i was like you cannot catch a break can you here's what the fuck i'm so glad they couldn't though because when jack <laughs> 
basically like does the whole it's not an airlock literally but does like the airlock trick where it's like i'm gonna open the airlock while i'm belted to this pole or whatever um i was like oh man like that's that's kind of like a big sci-fi space thing like like that's you know we like it's cool but we've seen it so when they start coming Mm -hmm. back i was like oh yes you knew we were gonna react that Uh, way like those of us who've seen this before you knew we were gonna react like that so it was like uh, the perfect sort of uh like horror moment where it was like wait that's supposed to work we've seen that work before why are they getting bigger closer (laughs) Uh oh my god and then the i think the moment you mentioned earlier or hinted to uh where they have to jump then because like Oh my god. They need to get away out of this yeah. space, otherwise they're all dead. Uh anywhere. I don't care where you jump to, just jump. <laughs> it's like just oh no. away from here. Yeah. So fucking wild. And like, I don't know, by the end, I'm I don't could one of them gotten back on the ship? I'm not I don't trust I don't trust the like ending. Totally. I mean, I feel like this book is clearly inspired by aliens and like uh-huh. not to spoil a 50 year old movie or whatever, but it doesn't end with Alien 1. <laughs> yeah. There are more aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next one's called Aliens Plural. <laughs> so, you know, could be not the end. Uh, yeah. And then like, so with that jump, right, Jack gets fucked up so, like, yeah. to the point where is like asleep for a month before waking and when she wakes up has fucking centauri in her somehow what the hell i would be so mad (laughs) that feels like oh god if if i feel like this if this were a movie this would be like a halfway point in the movie and then like like the climax hadn't quite happened yet like the and sort of like jack first fake one weird. and then no not even jack i feel like this is where jack would be like you should have let me die what's wrong with you <laughs> you know like and they they sort of like have the echo of the quote hysterical woman or whatever you know where it's like mm. oh jack and it's like no you don't understand and then like somehow they find the ship again because like they can sense her like centauri dna oh. and then she has to let you know like i feel like uh yeah. I, honestly like pretty chill reaction based on what i thought the reaction should be which is like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> you yeah know anything about i have these so things. many questions because like yes right like they drop off the egg and mm-hmm. then like the jump happens within within 12 hours within 24 hours <laughs> right we, i don't know so they don't know jack shit about the egg and then they're just like we use the egg to save you it's like what does that mean yeah, and I, at what point in 27 days did you do that like was any research done was it day 26 right. was it day one <laughs> right i mean i'm guessing probably, probably day pretty one. close to day one right <laughs> i mean the way that the author described or i guess I guess the narrator, but like the author described it was like the impact that Jack felt upon the jump was like a bug smashed against a windshield, I think is how it was described. Uh Like, that's no joke. (laughs) Yeah. That's a dead bug. Those bugs aren't coming back. No, that's a smear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting, like, if there were another, if the Centauri on there, you know, weren't all you know cleared and taken care of even though they say they're like in the 27 
you know, days we've taken care of all this stuff. We've got all the eggs, all that, right? Yeah, but they um, didn't know about a Centauri cool. being there for like a century. <laughs> right, exactly. There's a chance they miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be cool to see, you know, what does the Centauri human connection mean? Can Jack become like a super protector of humans because of Centauri special abilities now? Or is it like a, he, I am now exuding a smell, like you said, that the mm. Centauri can just track um, yeah. or nothing? Is it just the same? Uh, I'm, I'd be so yeah. interested to, to see oh, that. So many questions. Yeah. What if she can like hear them communicating now? <gasps> she can understand. Yo. That'd be Because cool. if it's not like a language you learn, but it's like, a language, you know, like in nature, where it's not like a spoken thing. It's like impulses or sounds or scents or things like that. You know, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking earlier about Watson kind of being able to understand the Centauri or maybe communicate or have extra information, I thought you were going to say maybe the Centauri are the whale song thing. Hmm. I don't know what the whale song is. I didn't know what to make of that. Because they kept being like, there are like godlike beings out there or something. And so I was just like, there's some sort of weird space stuff with super intelligent beings communicating Mm -hmm. in ways we don't understand and causing these things. Because Watson says, I just told them we accidentally got here and then they sent us home. So I don't know what was going on with that. But for a second, I thought you were going to say it was the centauri i mean i um, feel like that's what i should have said i feel like that would be the natural (laughs) conclusion to what i was talking about (laughs) but i didn't say that (laughs) yeah no yeah i didn't know what to make of the whale song i think i kind of chalked it up to just sort of like there is more noise in space than we expected um yeah i guess i didn't think too much more about about what that noise was outside of just other humans and other transmissions and stuff like that but yeah yeah Mm, interesting yeah if it were Star Trek, it would be like literal space whales, you know? Mm, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> uh, well, are there any other things uh, or any other characters or anything that you want to mention or talk about? I mean, I feel like it's worth shouting out that uh, the main character uh, has a partner named Joe Lee. So this is like... Hell yeah. A queer book, you know? It, it's... Mm-hmm. was clearly a compelling suspense thriller if we didn't even talk about the fact that it's a queer book. <laughs> <laughs> Jolie's cool, But too. that's cool, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I was kind of worried because I was like, I don't want this to be a scenario where, like, you know, the girlfriend dies or whatever. And luckily yeah. that doesn't really happen. Like, they just let her be a capable, reliable, important member of the crew who's, like, taking care of shit while Jack is off doing stuff. You know, like, they're yeah. both they're both active participants in like trying to keep the ship alive. Um, Mm -hmm. We're just on, we're, we're seeing, like you said, seeing things from Jack's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of characters in this book that we haven't mentioned. uh, Some of which don't have a lot of screen time before they die. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But, and a lot of them, I would argue are like necessary kind of moving parts to make sure the story makes sense. But like, I don't think we really got to know right some of these characters, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Got red shirts in TV yeah. uh, is what they what they could be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah i I would give this book a thumbs up. I had a fun time oh, reading yeah. it. There was like one part I was reading it at night. Uh, there's one part I was like, let me stop. And it was the knocking. (laughs) 
the knocking <laughs> yeah. the knocking got me so i was like let me like hold off on this and read something else and then come back to this tomorrow when it's bright outside yeah. after that once the like action picked up um it became more thrillery mm-hmm. uh like action movie type thing and i had a lot of fun yeah me too i absolutely would give this a thumbs up i feel like a lot of times when it comes to suspense or horror like really what it boils down to is like was that successfully achieved like was it effective in like how it was Mm -hmm. delivered did i react the way that i feel like the author probably wanted me to react and like i absolutely did even for some things that like weren't scary like when they said that she'd been out for 27 days i gasped aloud like i was like oh my god (laughs) you know like i can't believe it so there were so many moments that i was having like genuine reactions to reading a book which is not always the case with books you know Um, I don't react to books often the same way I react to movies or video games or things like that. So incredibly effective. Big thumbs up. Very excited to see what they do next because this was their first outing, which is wild. I know. I'm so excited. I hope there's more just whatever Mm -hmm. from them. Doesn't have to necessarily be this, but I'm ready for more of this. Yeah, not at all. But uh, the scourges between stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's definitely what scourges. it would be. God damn it. <laughs> I think I had it right every other time. I was gonna say you made it an hour into this podcast before before you said scourge. Uh, amazing. Incredible. Uh, well, since we said scourge, I think that's uh that's our cue to close it out. Note. <laughs> So thank you everyone for listening to this one. If you read the scourge between stars, uh, reg the sky, I can't even talk anymore. If you read this book and want to let us know what you thought, (laughs) feel free to email us at novel gaming podcast at gmail.com or reach out on Twitter at novel gaming pod. And if you enjoy what we do, please rate review and subscribe to novel gaming, wherever you get your podcasts, we would certainly be grateful for it. And of course we will be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Bye. Bye. See you then.